For those of you who are my pals on the gram, you know that social media is not my area of expertise. Actually, it's not so much that I don't understand how the whole thing works, or at least how it's supposed to work. It's just not really me. It doesn't come naturally. Um, And sometimes I feel like I have a bit of a mental block about doing it the way I'm supposed to do it. Maybe it's my, you know, (laughs) Catholic upbringing, or my Enneagram 3 status, or the fact that I'm an oldest child, but I have always had a hard time being super real in public spaces. At my core, I'm like the social media equivalent of those clients who, no matter how many times you tell them, just relax, have fun, stop looking at the lens, instantly freeze and smile awkwardly as soon as the camera is pointed their way. But, you know, I'm trying. (laughs) In fact, here I am telling you about this issue on the podcast for all the world to hear. Vulnerability, check, and mark. Seriously, though, my analytical brain has a hard time with directions like, just show up and engage, or be yourself. I want a checklist or a flowchart, all attached to a nice, neat clipboard. (laughs) Is that so much to ask? Enter today's interviewee, and my own personal Instagram influencer crush, Natasha Samuel. And (laughs) maybe that explains why I felt like I was tripping over my words half the time during this interview. But Natasha is an educator, a speaker, and the host of the Shine Online podcast. But she had me hooked with her amazing, but also actually valuable reels and legitimately hilarious stories in her Instagram. To my mind, she is the unicorn who balances content with entertainment and personality with practicality. Seriously, her handle is at Shine with Natasha, and I want all of you who have any interest in improving your Instagram game to go follow her right now, and you can thank me later. And speaking of later, at the end of this interview, Natasha is going to be telling you about the two Instagram courses that she just dropped online. I haven't taken them, but I have no doubt at all that they are going to be fantastic. She shows up in an amazing way as an instructor. But if you don't make it to the end of the episode because, you know, you get sucked into scrolling her feed, no judgment at all, (laughs) just know that I have affiliate links in the show notes that will earn you a little extra prize from me if you use them. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. Natasha Samuel, I am so excited to have you on This Can't Be That Hard. Welcome. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm excited to chat about Instagram. Yeah. Well, I am excited to chat about Instagram too. The um, I came across you and your stuff on Instagram probably five or six months ago and have been completely hooked. I'm not personally typically big into like deep diving on stories, but yours are so addictive. And so, um, for lack of a a non overused word, like they're so relatable. I just love how, um, you share and share in a way that's truly helpful to the people that are out there. Um, it's not just fluff or like what you're having for breakfast. And so 
I am super excited to have you here to talk about Instagram strategies specifically for photographers, because I feel like um, we photographers tend to lean really hard on the fact that we are producing really beautiful content all the time. But a lot of my um, listeners are family photographers. And I know that one of the things that we do, I'm a family photographer. And one of the things that we tell our clients is you have to hire a professional photographer because you can't take photos of your own family that you're not in. And I feel like the problem with being the photographer and photographing other people is that when you're sharing your content, you're rarely in the content. (laughs) Right. So um, one of the things that I think you do best is really showing up yourself. And I feel like many of us could use a lot more of that. So I'm, um, I'm ready to dive in. I hope you are too. Yeah, I'm ready. Cool. Well, why don't we start by just talking a little bit about you and what your background is and how you got into being the Instagram guru that you are. Definitely. So before I started my business, I was kind of dabbling in journalism. Um, I got my degree in public relations. And so I started to get some experience in the digital marketing realm of doing blogging, newsletters, graphic design, social media, a little bit of everything. And I really found that I really enjoyed Instagram. I felt like there was so much opportunity for all different types of people to connect with their ideal customers and clients and ended up starting my business. And One thing that I ended up working a lot with was actually photographers that are experiencing a lot of the same things that your listeners are probably experiencing too. So I kind of started my business doing a lot of content management of like not only creating those strategies, but implementing them um, and posting for them, creating all their content. And now I've kind of transitioned into more the education space, the strategy space of really teaching people how they can DIY it themselves without the overwhelm of figuring out where do I even show up on Instagram? There are so many types of videos to use. Like, where do you focus your energy? Because of course you want to be working in your business. So that's kind of where I started and where I am now. That's super cool. And in your own content, I feel like you really focus on connecting with your, um, with your audience. I shouldn't say your clients, although some of them I'm sure do turn into clients, but really you focus on storytelling and what can only really be described as like an online friendship with people, which I find really difficult. Could you talk a little bit about how you came to doing that and like how you look at that? Yeah. Um, so I kind of started with, I got on Instagram and I felt like I had to be super polished. I felt like I had to talk a certain way, look a certain way and eventually got to this point where I was like, this isn't fun and this isn't me. Like if someone started to work with me, they would be like, well, she doesn't wear a button down shirt every time she comes to our calls or she's really spunky and likes to have fun and all these different types of things. So I kind of got to this point where I was looking at people that I really admired in the space and realized that they were showing up very authentically. And there was a reason why I followed them that wasn't necessarily what they were an expert at. Because we can think of all our favorite people to follow. And yes, we know they're an expert at a certain thing. But chances are, we know the name of their dog. We know what they drink every morning. We know you know where they like to go for walks in the middle of the day. Um, and those are all connection points. And that's how I like to teach and talk about them. Is It's not showing all the random fluffy things about your life because you are a business and you always want to make sure you lean into being as strategic as possible. But people will always connect with and trust 
people that they feel like they know. And that's where you can really use Instagram to do that. And even thinking of my experience of working with photographers, because I love working with photographers for my branding shoots, um, for when we get married, the people that I've worked with are the people that I feel like I genuinely like, because it's actually a very intimate thing, especially for service providers. You know, you're in someone's business, you're in someone's life, you're in someone's home, you're a part of their wedding, like whatever that is. So if you can have those little relatability points that will is not only what is going to build trust with your audience but it's also going to make it where when they become your client and you're working with them, um, they're at, you're actually standing out among the crowd as well because there's tons of Instagram people, there's tons of photographers. We can't get past that, but by showing up authentically and having fun on the platform and showing those little connection points and really building that relationship with your audience and using Instagram to be social and to network and to foster those relationships, that will make it so much easier to find clients on the platform, but also those ideas clients as well. So my tips for people that are like, I have no clue where to start with this. Is it kind of, I always take it down to the basics of like, what are your content pillars? And I know this is like a very common thing people probably hear about in the marketing world. Essentially, they are buckets, categories, whatever you want to call them, um, of the main topics you're going to be talking about and creating content around on your Instagram. And chances are, I find that there's usually around five content pillars is a sweet spot. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. But what I found is that chances are right off the bat, you can think of probably one to two. It's probably what you do and what you're really great at in your business. But from there, you're probably like, I don't really know what the rest of them would be. And those are actually those connection point ones. So an example for me is my like home space and my office is a huge, is one of my content pillars. Has nothing to do with what I, what I do. I will not decorate your office space. I will not buy you plants. Yep. But me sharing my plants, me sharing my matcha, me sharing all those things that might seem really silly is what sets me apart from other people that I may be connecting with. And maybe they like some of those things as well. So when you map it out, like, okay, these are my five content pillars. Here are my strategic ones of what I do and what I'm an expert at. But here are some ones that are very personal to me. I know another thing I talk a lot about is like mental wellness and burnout and all those types of things as well, because I know my target audience is interested in those things. So kind of figure out what are like one, two, three content pillars along with what you're great at that you can add in that are going to add that personal touch that are going to start that conversation very naturally. And then it'll be so much easier to know when you're showing up in an on-brand way versus when you're being maybe too personal and there's there's not really like a business and life boundary there because I maybe share like 10% of my life, but that 10% that I do share, I'm also thinking, what does my target audience care about? And that's essentially what I share. So hopefully that can give people some insights on how you can kind of start to build those relationships. But I think the other side of it is like making sure you're intentionally engaging And I think there's so many strategies out there where it's say you have to engage 15 minutes on and 15 minutes after you post and all these types of things. And I don't like to think of it as a formula. I just like to think like you need to be intentional with it, just like you would if you were at a networking event, like asking them about themselves, um, starting to check out their business and their brand and their Instagram and their stories and like start to get to know them and just chat with them. And it'll eventually maybe go to another stage, but kind of just having that conversation 
I think stories are obviously a really great vessel for that, but whether it's on your posts and all those different ways just really will help kind of building those relationships with your followers. So when you're talking about intentional engagement, are you specifically talking about going out off of your, you know, your particular posts and your stories and actually like looking to start conversations elsewhere or on yours or both? I'm I'm guessing both, but yeah, a little bit of both. I I think it can be a 50, 50 split because I think, yes, you do want to be kind of growing your network work and connecting with new people. But I also think that you want to make sure you're nurturing your current audience. Because I think we often think of like, naturally, we're humans, we want to grow and flourish. But if you're focusing too much on growing and meeting new people, you might be neglecting the people that you already have on your Instagram. So I think it's like a 50-50 split for sure. Right. Hang on, guys. I have a quick message for you. Did you know that This Can't Be That Hard isn't the only podcast I host? Each month, my marketing director, Dana, and I team up to bring you a fresh injection of marketing ideas and inspiration on our other podcast called The Consistency Club. The podcast is free and available to any photographer looking to uplevel their marketing game, or you can take it one step further and join The Consistency Club, where you get the extended version of the podcast along with monthly email and social media templates, bonus trainings, and special access to the live marketing events we host twice a year. If you're interested in tuning in, you can search for and subscribe to The Consistency Club wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to join us in the membership, you can visit go.thiscantbethathard.com slash club to sign up. Okay, so I wanted to go back to these content pillars, which, yes, that is a, a, you know, a phrase that I've heard before, but I feel like when most people are talking about content pillars that I've heard in the past, they are actually talking about business content. Like you need to, you know, think of the multiple things about your business. So I like that you're bringing in these sort of non-business concepts at, you know, connection points as true pillars, but what would you say is the right split or balance? Because I feel like I see people either going too far in one direction or too far in the other. Personally, I am way too far on the business side. Like I have a heart. It's not that I'm not an open book in terms of my personality. I think I fall into that category of people who are like, what, why would they care about my new, you know, kitchen sink renovation or whatever. (laughs) Um, And so I have a really hard time, like every once in a while, I'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I should share this thing that's happening. Um, But then you run across those people who it's just like constantly talking about stuff that I'm like, nobody cares. And how are you making any money with this if it is a business account? Um, So what would what kinds of recommendations do you have about navigating that balance? Definitely. And content pillars are one of my favorite things to do with my clients. And they're all across the board. Some have more business pillars, some have more personal pillars. And I think also your pillars, not only are they going to evolve as you as a human evolve, but also as your brand evolves. And they also can be very broad, but they also can be very specific. I like to say that one of my content pillars will always be Instagram strategy for businesses. But another one of my pillars is actually video. While video is a part of Instagram strategy, Instagram video is a separate one. Um, So hopefully that can give people a guidance of like how you can have 
you know, the more broad overarching pillars, but also how you can maybe have some more specific ones. But overall, I found that having three content pillars that are the more business leaning ones is really helpful. And then having one to two that are the more personal ones are going to be very helpful as well. And I think it's really important when you think of those personal ones, like you mentioned, think about what people are interested in that you want to connect with. So family photographers, if you have a family, chances are some family elements might be a part of your content pillar to connect with the moms or the dads or, you know, the people that are wanting family photography. Um, of course, there's boundaries and that can go a lot of different ways with people showing their kids and their families. But that's kind of just like a general example. Um, another example that I can think of is um, the photographer we chose in, for when we get married. Um, she loves acai bowls and smoothies. Like that's like all she posts about. And because she's a Hawaii wedding photographer, it kind of makes sense that people that are probably wanting to maybe go to Hawaii, maybe they like fruit, maybe they like smoothies. So that content pillar makes a lot of sense for her. Um, so hopefully that can kind of give some people an idea of like, maybe have like three to four of them. Like most of your pillars are going to be business leaning, but have at least one to two kind of touching on those more personal connection points. That's awesome. And yes, we should take a moment and pause and say congratulations on your upcoming oh, wedding. You. <laughs> <laughs> that is certainly a piece of your life that you have been sharing, at least to some degree, that is very exciting and I think relatable for people out there in general. I do think that one of the things that a lot of family photographers do try to incorporate a little bit is their own family. And I think it's really smart to not only incorporate that if you do have a family um, or if you are, let's say a wedding photographer and you do other things in the wedding space, if you're married, if you're engaged, if you hang out with other wedding vendors, things like that to really sort of feature that. Um, but yeah, I, it, I think establishing a rhythm with how frequently to post those things and, and how frequently to hit the different pillars can be uh, it can take some time. Do you have any recommendations for, you know, if you have five pillars and there are five days in the Monday to Friday work week, are you trying to kind of spread them out evenly? Um, do you, are you a big person with like, Oh, we have, you know, whatever, like, uh, what to wear Wednesdays or what, right. <laughs> that sort of thing. Do you recommend that as a tool or do you say to, is your preference to stay away from those kinds of things because they become too routine? Definitely. And I think as we talk about Instagram more, we're probably going to talk more about like videos, like reels, feed posts, IGTV and stories. And I think when you're thinking of your strategy, I do like to think of stories and things that you're posting on your feed separately mm -hmm. because stories are definitely like the goal with stories essentially is to bring people into your business and your life and to get them to react or reply, which is then going to lead to that direct message conversation, which you can nurture even further because there's nothing more valuable than having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone that could possibly become a client. So when it comes to stories, I find that when we look at your five content pillars, chances are those personal ones are probably going to be mostly, if not all on your stories. Mm -hmm. And I find like that's a really great way to like kind of make the split of like, okay, my feed is really where I'm going to add value. I'm going to show before and afters. I'm going to show what's in my, my, you know, my tool bag when I'm going to shoot and what locations I like and what I recommend wearing. Like that's where you're going to do tons of value, which can look in 
so many different ways, lives, reels, carousels, but on stories, I tend that, yes, you want to give quick tips. You want to give those digestible nuggets, but that's where those personal content pillars go a little bit more. So that's kind of like the first distinction I like to make. And then overall from there, when it comes to your feed strategy is that you want it to be super balanced. You don't want it to just be portfolio pieces. You don't want it to just be, you know, certain tips on what to wear, just look Locations, you want to make sure you're creating a very um, natural balance that makes sense. And also thinking of seasonal factors. It's like if the holidays are coming up, chances are you're probably going to be talking a lot about holiday cards and holiday shoots and things like that versus maybe you'd be talking a little bit less about a bunch of different locations because maybe you're shooting in your studio or something like that. Mm-hmm. So those are some of my tips on kind of like if you're like, I don't know where these pillars go. It's overall, most of your personal ones are probably going to lean more towards towards your stories. You want to add some value there, but your more business centric pillars, those are going to be all along your feed and as balanced as possible. So yeah, if you're posting three days a week, try to hit at least one pillar all the time. And if themes help you, I say go for it. Um, I think we maybe don't want a theme every single day, but I think having a few themes here or there is really helpful for knowing when you maybe want to curate your stories or your content a little bit more to help you stay on track. Yeah. Yeah, the um, I think that that's helpful to think of stories as being the more personal focus and your grid being the more business focus, because I think specifically for photographers, a lot of us struggle with putting non-professional photos on the grid because it feels like it's a little bit like a portfolio page on a yeah. website, right? Like I want somebody to be able to scroll through that and really get a sense for my work. So if I've got, in fact, right now on my Uh, photography feed, I know that there's a video that I took of my son from several weeks ago. And it it still is like, oh, gosh, that's really prominent in my feed. And it doesn't look (laughs) at all like my work. Um, So I'm but at the same time, I recognize that that's more my hang up than it is anything else. So Um, Well, let's, you keep mentioning video and I really would love to talk about video because whereas our listeners for the most part have uh, visual still content dialed in, (laughs) um, video I think is something that's really hard for a lot of us and getting on the other side of the camera is something that can be very intimidating. So talk to me a little bit about your, the way that you coach people when it comes to like, you need to be doing this, you need to be creating video and like reels content and things like that sort of the why behind it. And then we'll get into the, to the what a little bit. Definitely. So I think why video is so powerful is I think, first of all, it tells a story in a different way that words and photos can't. I think those are very valuable assets, especially as photographers. We want to have those carousels. We want to have those really great captions. But video can tell a story and a transformation and can build a connection point in a lot deeper of a way. Um, It also humanizes your brand. Ideally, if we're getting you in front of that camera, and getting you on your your videos, then you're going to be connecting and showing the face to the brand. Because I know, I think we were talking about this off air, but a lot of times you might go to a photographer's page and you're like, who's, which one's the photographer? Is she, is she here? Can I see them? Um, So that's a big part of it. It does humanize and puts like a face to the name of the brand. Um, And then strategically, Instagram is actually a lot more obvious than we think it is. They are pretty much yelling at us, just use at least one or two types of videos. I mean, they're like, here's 
four different types. Let's see if you can use all of them essentially as their are their goal. You know, you're going to see better results if you're holistically posting on one of those types of videos a week. But I know that sounds really scary and intimidating, but I think it's important to figure out what type of video is the most appealing to you, which do you think your audience is going to be most interested in and kind of just start there and eventually scale and add a, a mix. Maybe you like reels and all you do are reels and especially they're really being put right now. So I think that could be a great strategy. But if you're like, I actually really just like having lives and answering questions and being more off the cusp, maybe live streaming series could be great for you. Or maybe if you really like a long form video, maybe that's where IGTV can come in hand. Um, but I think that when it comes to using Instagram, video is now becoming a non-negotiable to see the best results for your brand on the platform. Okay. So you're talking about IGTV, reels, lives. I missed the other one. Stories. And stories, obviously. Okay. Right. So <laughs> um, the most obvious one, I'll just forget that one completely. So, um, okay. So great. Let's kind of talk about if you were to rank those in priority order, if somebody was like, okay, fine, I will dive in. Where would you go? Stories are the non-negotiable. We already touched on it um, because I think it is almost separate in a yeah. in a way. Um, I think reels are being pushed right now. They are the newest. They are the hottest. So I do think that reels are a great opportunity. I also think that they're very short, which is great. So hopefully they won't take you a lot of time once you master it. Um, and I think that also from a consumption point of view, I mean, we're being bombarded with so much content that sometimes we kind of just want a really short piece of content and that's what we'll actually engage with the most. So that's reels. Um, I'd say the my third ranking, and this actually will hit on two platforms, which is why I love recommending it is live streams because then you could share it to IGTV afterwards as a replay. And that counts as two different posts. So you're going live, you know, Instagram's like, yeah, you're going live. And then it also is an IGTV, which is like, yeah, you're posting on your IGTV channel. So those would be like, if I had to kind of rank them, stories are non-negotiable. Reels are a really great opportunity right now. But I also really love lives because they are so engaging. They can be collaborative and then they can become another piece of content, which is IGTV. Yeah. Awesome. Then let's dive in a little bit more on reels. I have made like one or two reels <laughs> and I have to say, I didn't even, I sort of recorded video. I was given orders. I did it. And then that was put together and posted by somebody else. Could you give us like a, you know, beginner toe in the water, kind of a intro to reels for those many people I'm sure who are listening, who are like, yeah, I don't have time for that. Oh yeah. Okay. Two things I'm going to touch on. First is how you're recording your reels. You can do the native editor. Some people prefer it. It might be very easy because you can just do it all in one go. Um, personally, and I think maybe a lot of photographers might lean this way is I like having the control of having the footage on my phone because um, then I can edit it in a lot of different ways and I can use an app like InShot, for example. It's my favorite tool to recommend. It's for iOS and Android. It's free and it has every single editing feature you could ever want. And what's really great is you can upload your video clips there and you can upload your photos. Photos can absolutely be in reels. Um, and that's kind of how your production side is going to look. So that's like the first thing is how do I actually create them? I think 
my recommendation, what I do most of the times is I just film all the footage on my phone and edit an in-shot. Um, and then when it comes to what types of reels to post, and of course we know the pointing, the dancing, you can do those if those are your jam, but you absolutely don't need to do them. Um, I'm going to break it down to like two different types of reels. Okay. One can be just talking to camera. Just like you would in Instagram stories, offer a really great tip or insight or thought and just talk to camera and share it. I think that's a very easy way to get started because you don't have to have music. You don't have to have anything fancy. You literally just need to talk. Um, and then I think the other side of it is incorporating music or audio. And what's really important with this is you want to use what feels most authentic to your brand. So if you like dancing and you want to do one of the dancing songs or use one of the trending audios or use a little bit of humor, go for it. Make sure you are always making it applicable to your brand and not applicable to the trend if that makes sense yeah um like you'll you go on my reels channel and i use a lot of funny audios sometimes but i'm always tying it back into instagram or business or strategy or video content creation but on the other side of that is when we're using audios for that second part of the the kind of the type of reels you can create is you can totally use it to kind of leverage the reach factor of like, if you're using a trending sound, if you're using a, an audio that a lot of people are utilizing, you're going to inherently probably get more eyes on your content, but you could totally like an example is you could film a little intro clip with you and your camera and then share a bunch of clips that you took from a photo shoot with a client, or you could show a behind the scenes clip um, from a photo shoot and then show the, the after photos. I feel like with photography, before and afters are gold. And you probably have like a million of those, obviously, like, here's what I'm shooting. Here's what I was doing today with my client. And then here's the ending shot. So you're still getting that portfolio feel. You're still getting like, Hey, here's my awesome work. But you're kind of like making that connection point with that intro clip and like showing you live in action. So yeah. hopefully that can kind of like simplify things. If you're like, I want to get on reels, but I'm really scared. It's not as scary as it sounds. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Those are definitely great tips. I have a question that's maybe a little bit different from what you're used to hearing, or maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. One of the things that I am frequently reminding photographers is that the size of your Instagram following, unless you are specifically targeting, you know, I'm a big travel photographer and I go all over the place. A lot of photographers really do want to book most of their work locally. And so, totally. you know, it's not imperative to have a million followers if you book 60 shoots a year. And that means yeah. that you're completely full. I feel like that engagement and that um, interaction and the, the trust building is much more important than just sort of like the broad reach. So when it comes to using something like reels or any content, really, do you have recommendations for how to focus where that's being broadcast, you know, without getting into paid advertising type strategies um, to make sure that you're hitting more local audiences rather than um, just like the bigger general worldwide audience? Yeah, that is such a good point because I completely agree. I think that we can get really caught up in 
I'm getting thousands and thousands of views on my reel, but if they aren't in your local area, then who really cares? Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think what's really important is first start with your content strategy. How can you make sure that your content is speaking to the people that are local to your area? And maybe going back to content pillars, maybe that's one of your pillars is talking about all the local spots that are, you know, that you like to shoot at or all those different types of elements that are special to where you are located specifically. Um, so that's kind of the first thing is making sure that you're kind of like vetting out the people that might not be interested. Um, another side of that is hashtags. I think I don't use hashtags, but Photography is the one place that I will always recommend using hashtags. Just keep them super specific and make sure you're using those hashtags that do have the location element in it. Mm -hmm. um, they work on reels just the same way they work with other places as well. Um, that's actually how I found photographers whenever I'm traveling. So I know that definitely works. And then I'd say the other element that I think a lot of people don't consider, and this is kind of segueing from instead of reels, but maybe into kind of more live streaming or other types of content is collaborating with local vendors, local people that might be in like not doing exactly what you do, obviously, but in a complementary field. Yeah. An example is um, one of my previous clients, she does senior photography. So she often was partnering with boutiques and showing like styles for her seniors, doing hair and makeup, um, those different types of things. So how can you collaborate with someone with an audience that is in your local area um, to kind of just make an amazing collaborative content that's creating a conversation, but notifying their audience and getting them over to your page as well. So hopefully those are some tips that people can apply to get in front of their local audience. Yeah, I love it. I mean, one of the big things that I do recommend with marketing or say about marketing is that all the hashtag strategies in the world are generally not going to be as powerful and effective as that in-person marketing. And then over the last year and a half in-person, like building connections with local vendors, et cetera, et cetera, has gotten a lot harder in a in-person kind right. of way. So I love that suggestion of like doing a live stream with, you know, a local boutique or a local pediatrician's office or something like that. If you're a family photographer and like interviewing them, I mean, you know, <laughs> You don't have to have a podcast to have like a little yeah. mini podcast kind of a thing from your totally. channel. And if you're giving value, that's going to be, you know, something that brings people back and then Absolutely. maybe encourages them to hit that all powerful save button on their Instagram. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And I think also think of your clients because referrals are huge in the photography world. So how can you be tagging and sharing the love and shouting out your clients in a way where you're tagging them and they're like, I want to reshare because I love my photographer and I want to brag on them. So that's like another way you can use it strategically. But if you have those shining star clients that are like, yeah, I would love to go on live and just chat about how amazing you are. Those are really great as well. And I know one thing that is really valuable is takeovers. So saying, Hey, if you really love your experience, you have that one client that was just raving. You're like, Hey, can you just like film a quick video clip? You can post that on stories. You can post that on reels. So kind of tapping into your clients is really valuable as well. And if you're like, my clients are going to think I'm crazy and not do that. Sometimes they just need a little bit of guidance, like making a little bit of like a kind of little guideline. Like, Hey, if you want to be featured on my stories or my Instagram, I'd love to share you and tag you, but just film your video like this 
maybe say this or that. And that really helps them as well. If you're like, they're going to be super scared, that'll help them kind of get out of that. Yeah. Giving people an easy way to help you is always a good idea. Yes. <laughs> um, and I know that a lot of people listening have either brand clients or clients who are influencers, like those people, that's another way to cross pollinate a little bit. So these are all super great strategies. And it's what I love. It's what I love about what you do is that you and everyone, obviously we're going to talk about your Instagram handle here in a minute, and it'll be linked in the show notes, but, um, you walk that line so well of like, you're running a business and you make no, you like, no bones about it. That's what you're doing. But at the same time, you, you are participating in all of these things and you're doing it in a way that feels very strategic and, um, authentic. There's that word right, <laughs> that everybody I know. uses all the time. Can't escape it. I know, but it's, it is what it is, right? That's, it's a, it is the correct word for what we're describing. Um, well, on that note, let everybody know where they can find you, Natasha. Absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram at shine with Natasha. Um, I have some reels you can check out to get some inspiration, some live conversations to kind of binge. Um, and then I also do have some Instagram courses. Um, shine on Instagram video is really going to build on a lot of the things that we mentioned of like how to use all four types of content when it comes to editing, filming, optimizing, and seeing those best results. So um, definitely check those out in the show notes. Yeah. And you have another new course as well. Remind me what that one's called? Yes. Instagram for impact. So that really goes over the foundations of your strategy. So content pillars, optimizing your profile, um, sales, launching, how people buy on Instagram, how to plan your content, batching, all that good stuff. Excellent. Well, I am going to link those in the show notes, but again, you guys are going to go look at Natasha's stuff. You're going to start to get to know her and you're very quickly going to understand that this is a woman who gives extraordinary value. So these courses, if you are in a place where you're like, I need some kind of structure to my Instagram approach, I need help. I want to participate in things like videos and reels and all this stuff, but I don't really know where to get started. Um, I, this is a woman who will walk you through step-by-step. Step. And I know that from having watched you over and over again for the past six months. So it has been such an honor to have you on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time and I will look forward to hopefully having you back again in the future as these trends always are changing and you're now my go-to Instagram lady. Oh, I love it. This was so fun. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.